welcome in to another edition of the Horse Force podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce this next guest. She is killing it at Lead IQ, is currently a sales development rep. She is on the West Coast. I, I, st- I still got to get out there. Uh, please welcome Risa Kansi. How are you doing today, Risa? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing uh, pretty pretty good, as good as I can be. So you are currently an SDR at Lead IQ. Uh, so, so talk about what you do uh, as an SDR there and what the process is like, you know, for the day to day. Yeah, uh, happy to. So basically, um, I'm fully outbound, um, you know, almost 100%. I would say maybe I am like 5% inbound, but <laughs> I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really going for it. And um, basically, my day is uh, just kind of alternating calls and emails. Uh, we just got some new sequences uh, that we're working with that have been proven actually to have the highest reply rate. So that's been pretty exciting. Um, But basically I'm utilizing like LinkedIn sales navigator, outreach, Salesforce, and of course, lead IQ, my beloved lead IQ (laughs) to do my outbound prospecting. And um, yeah, I've, things have been going really well for me. Um, My first month uh, I hit hundred percent of my quota uh, second month, 120%, and my third month, I hit 100%. So I'm in my hey fourth yo. month now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's awesome. Obviously, uh, as an, being an SDR and being in sales development, we would love uh, to all be at the top of the leaderboard. But talk about what you've been able to do and why do you think you've been able to have that early success and make it you know, so quickly? Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. Um, I really, from the moment I started this tech sales journey, I really was all in. So um, when I was in boot camp, I spent any extra free time I had on um, YouTube just looking at <laughs> sales sales videos. Like Dan Locke was one that you know comes to mind. Yes. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, he's really good. And I watched his coronavirus objection video probably like 20 times. <laughs> yeah, that was that's a really good one if anyone wants to check that out. Um, but yeah, oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, videos on tonality. Um, I didn't realize that there's so much weight in how you enter. Uh, I'm sorry, end your sentences. Um, You know, if you're ending them on a high note, you sound unsure of yourself. And if you end them on a low note, you sound sure of yourself and people listen (laughs) to you more. (laughs) So um, stuff like that was really helpful to me. Um, But now that I've been in the role, um, I think the biggest thing for me has been trying to do what other reps aren't doing has been my main focus. So uh, like just the other day, for example, um, I found the Hit Me Baby One More Time uh, soundtrack with no words, <laughs> and I wrote my own script to it, um, ending it with, email me back one more time, and I, <laughs> I had I pigtails in, I had the, the whole, like, Britney schoolgirl outfit on, like, not too crazy, but, you know, so professional, <laughs> um, but, you know, I, that, actually, that email got opened 140 times. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. 
yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Like stuff like that. It inspires me to keep doing creative stuff. Um, and just trying to think outside the box. I mean, I love that. I mean, you hit the nail on the head there with creativity. Um, so talk to me about the outbound process and that creativity. Why do you think in, in sales, obviously, it's key to those numbers. You've got to be uh, consistent. But how do you balance the creativity with, obviously, the objective of hitting goal each month? Yeah, that's that's the key, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, been probably my biggest challenge. Um, I think, you know, sometimes I find myself spending like 20 minutes on one email and then I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, um, that's <laughs> not really going to work if I'm hitting my numbers. So, um, you know, some days for me, that's just meant, um, you know, spending a couple extra hours on work, to be honest. Um, but then also, um in order to save time and get better at time management, I've really been focusing on kind of finding a formula for like uh, what I'm going to reach out to the prospect about um, the personalization and then how I'm transitioning, doing like a, a clever transition from the personalization to why I'm reaching out has really been helpful for me. So like, for example, um, if I find someone who uh, lives in New Orleans, I could go look for, you know, the best restaurant in New Orleans and I find the one with the most reviews <laughs> and then I try to find something really good that everyone eats there. I'll reference that and then I'll say, you know, on the topic of mouthwatering um, things and then I transition to like why I'm reaching out, you know, these kinds of sales <laughs> tools um, you know, or lead IQ, I should say, uh, makes lots of sales leaders mouth water because blah, blah, blah. So um, <laughs> I love it. I think that people really appreciate um, when you tie together um, and it's not choppy, not like personalization and your what you're selling and then your name. Yeah, for sure. And for those individuals who aren't familiar with uh, lead IQ, talk about what the organization does and how they help, you know, organizations get closer to, you know, the decision maker and help generate revenue. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to. So lead IQ is pretty awesome. I actually, uh, it was the first sales tool I learned how to use in the tech sales bootcamp that I did. So nice. it, it was kind of a full circle moment, um, getting hired with them. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, we're a workflow tool and a data provider, two in one. And so what we're doing really is saving uh, SDRs and BDRs uh, like us about six to 10 hours a week um, in data entry. So um, basically, we're cutting out a lot of administrative tasks, a lot of copying and pasting and just eliminating that completely. So we have some really um, awesome integrations with tools like Salesforce, Outreach, and Salesloft um, that are just really time-saving and helpful. But then we also uh, get our data in real time, uh, which is awesome because a lot. I think a lot of our competitors uh, only update their database about every three months. So um, we're really getting a lot of mobile phone numbers um, which is awesome because everyone's working from home. So it's like easy to catch someone at home when they're not at their work desk with their work phone right there. And that has been really cool. Actually, I don't know if you saw my <laughs> post, um, but I posted about cold calling Guy Fieri. Did you see that? 
Uh, I hadn't had a chance to okay. that yet. No. Okay, so basically what happened was one of my favorite restaurants was going out of business uh, due to COVID. And I was like, I can't let this happen. And I had seen them featured on <laughs> Diners, uh, Drives, and I can never remember the name of that show. But that Guy Fieri's food show, <laughs> yeah. Diners, Drives, and, di- and Drive-Ins or something. But anyway... Um, you know, I. Are you talking like Hell's? Is that Hell's Kitchen or is that a different? It's, one? it's different. That's Gordon Ramsay, but it's, oh, yeah. it's like he kind of goes and checks out like dive bar, like kind of like divey like uh, cafes and stuff, but for the best nice. food. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I decided I was going to cold call Guy Fieri to try and save the, my favorite restaurant. So I cold call him using like Lead IQ. I pull up his number, cold call, and I actually get his dad on the phone. And wow. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty close. Like, even if I didn't get Guy Fieri, like I got his dad's cell phone number. Like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I talked to him for about 10 minutes and he actually uh, helped me get um, the restaurant owner in touch with Guy, which was awesome. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's huge. So how did that, how did that process work from the research and everything mm-hmm. uh, from like, getting the information and, and then reaching out. How did, how did that process work from, from lead IQ's perspective? Yeah, that's a really awesome question. So basically we're a Google Chrome extension um, and we work completely out of LinkedIn or LinkedIn sales navigator. So if you have one of those, you can use us. And basically we sit next to LinkedIn or LinkedIn sales navigator and mirror whatever is in that view. So um, I just pulled up Guy Fieri on LinkedIn, pulled up Lead IQ, and captured his mobile phone number. So it was as easy as that. <laughs> wow, I mean that's pretty impressive, yeah. um, you know, capabilities. And from a competitive standpoint, like, are there many competitors out there mm-hmm. um, that are doing what you're doing? And when you guys are making calls mm-hmm. and handling objections. When somebody says, "Oh, yeah, we're we're using this, you know, internal resource. We are we're already working with somebody." Mm-hmm. How do you combat that on the phone? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's a really good question. So I run into <laughs> that all the time, as we all do, I'm sure, with in different capacities. But um, basically, uh, you know, I, I don't want to name any names. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, there's one that comes up a lot. I mean, there's a handful, but I the let's just call them uh, competitor A. So competitor A comes up all the time. And what's great is, um, you know, some some of our clients have ripped and replaced to with us um, with this particular competitor, but uh, we actually work well alongside this particular competitor. So um, the angle that I usually try to take is, oh, okay, you're using competitor A. That's uh, that's actually really interesting because we have a lot of clients who are using us more for the front end of prospecting, and they actually find that competitor A is better used for uh, enrichment. So, um, you know, we're kind of being used for different things, um, but it, you know, really take uh, maybe a trial or more of a deeper dive into our tool to really see, you know, if it would be a good fit. So I usually try to take that, take that angle and go with the prospect instead of against them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's huge. And talk about your team. How many SDRs are on uh, the team and 
How do you guys work alongside the AEs to making sure you guys are in communication with them as well? Yeah. Um, so there's about 10 of us right now, I think. <laughs> um, but we just <laughs> added a bunch of people. We've been growing like crazy. Um, so there's uh, like five new SDRs right now. Um, and I, th- yeah, oh, wow. I think um, the, the way that we really, um, or I should say that I try to, and I think most of my colleagues as well, try to kind of communicate with AEs is um, I just try to take the most insane notes I possibly can, <laughs> like just the most over the top, <laughs> um, overly detailed, like TMI notes. Um, so <laughs> I, I usually, uh, just try to ask, like when I'm doing my discovery, I try to ask, you know, as many questions as humanly possible. And, um, I not only put those in the notes in Salesforce, but I also always slack all of those notes directly to the AE that I booked the meeting with, because I feel like it's just easier to see it twice, have it in two different places and, you know, Salesforce is kind of slow, so <laughs> it's nice to <laughs> be able to just have it right there instantly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you hit a key point there, having the ability to take good notes. How important is that uh, to take quality mm-hmm. notes? And for what are some strategies you find? Because obviously when you're on the phone talking to somebody, you may not pick up everything they're mm-hmm. saying. Um, and you might have to, if you have the capability to listen back, you know, that's important as well. So what are some strategies that you find that have helped you been able to take good notes uh, while you're on the phone with somebody booking that meeting? Yeah, that's that's been a tough one for me um, because I consider myself a good <laughs> listener. But then sometimes I re-listen to my, I, you know, I give my call a second go and I'm like, okay, I missed a heck of a yeah. lot of stuff there. But, <laughs> but um, you know, I kind of try to do, I was trying to do more in-depth notes in the beginning that was not working. Um, because then I would miss what, um, you know, there's the prospect is actually saying to me. So um, what I started doing is just writing down um, like a keyword. Um, so, you know, with us, with our tool, what we're really trying to figure out on the discovery call is what tools is this team using to see if we actually integrate and if it would even make sense to continue the conversation and make sense to do a demo. So um, usually I'm just like writing down like, oh, outreach they're using outreach salesforce like check (laughs) linkedin you know like but i don't really get more deep than that and then if i need to um i definitely will uh listen to the call again to make sure i didn't miss anything yeah they say one of uh our uh svp said that the sdr is the trailer to the movie (laughs) and the ae is the movie (laughs) That's a great quote. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, you, you have to make sure, shout out to Wes, uh, if he's listening, Wes Samuel. Uh, so, yeah, he he was like, you know, the SDR team, you got to make sure you're, you know, if you have pitch a great trailer, and then that sets up the AE for the movie. So, uh, really, really, really good uh, <laughs> nugget That's there. That's so true. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so talk about sales development and what you were doing before your time in college. Did you think you'd be doing sales then? And what do you enjoy most about the sales development space? That is my, my favorite question ever. 
Um, yeah. So when I was in college, I thought I was going to do some sort of anything really in communication, <laughs> which I kind of am doing. Um, but I was looking to do communications um, for an animal welfare organization um, because I've always been passionate about animal welfare. Um, and I went ahead and tried to get a job um, with the Hawaiian Humane Society. That was the first job um, I applied for uh, doing the communications role with them. And I showed up to that interview in flip flops. So <laughs> needless to say, that did not go very well. Oh, man. I actually wrote about this in an article I just posted on LinkedIn. And it was titled How I Went from Popping Bottles to Working in Tech during or Amidst an Economic Recession. Um, so people can check that out if they want to. Um, but basically, um, that didn't work out. And I just let that defeat me so much, which in hindsight is just insane that I didn't get one job that I applied for. So I was like, I can't do this. I can't do professional jobs. So I had kind of just like given yeah. up um, unnecessarily and went into the service industry and found that it was really good money. I really liked uh, the interaction with people. People energize me. So, um, you know, that really worked well for me. And I stuck with that for a good eight years um, until actually, wow. you know, the, uh, the lockdowns happened and I basically lost my livelihood overnight. So I was pretty devastated, but um, I also was like kind of excited because I just turned 30 and I was like, all right, I really need a career. <laughs> I not only need one, but I want one. Like I was actually hung so hungry for growth. I didn't even realize it, um, which is really interesting. But I was like, so like, I didn't know in what capacity I was bored, but now I realize I was bored because I wasn't learning anything. Like I really wasn't learning anything new um, as a server. So um, getting into the boot camp and getting into tech has um, been amazing because um, I've just learned so much and like I'm actually using my, um, you know, my energy that I get from people to succeed because um, talking to people and um, being creative gets me fired up and that's like what I'm doing every day now. Yeah, I love that. And talk about your time in the service industry and working because obviously, I mean, my first job, I, I bus tables. Yeah. It was great, you know, getting getting those getting that cash mm -hmm. on hand. Uh, but talk about, you know, that mm -hmm. environment and also transitioning that into sales and um, also being an older mm -hmm. SDR, because a lot of times. You know, I'm I'm an older mm -hmm. SDR myself, uh, so I can I can yeah. relate to that. So talk about translating that into being successful in sales. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I kind of thought, um, you know, I would be uh, the odd one out, and I kind of am. I'm probably the oldest one on my team, uh, but there's a couple. <laughs> there's a couple people. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> represent. <laughs> I'm I'm 29, almost 30. Right. You know? I mean, it's not it's not that bad though because what I found no. uh, is that I have the life experience that the younger people don't, and not to say that they you know they're doing great too, um, but I I feel grateful to have a certain level of life experience. I feel like it it does work to my advantage uh, sometimes, um, but um, 
sorry, what was the first part of your question? T- talking about the service industry? Just yeah. Yeah, just being able to apply sure. that to, to yeah. sales itself. So um so basically, you know, I was working um, mainly in nightlife and I was doing a lot of bottle service, <laughs> popping bottles right and left. Um it was really yeah. great money. Like I would make on average like four to five hundred dollars in five hours. So I was really, um, you know, having a good time, uh, enjoying that um, easy money. Um, but I also yeah. was uh, working on sales skills unknowingly because I was booking tables and, you know, creating personal relationships. So that's totally like an aspect of sales that, you know, now I'm putting to good use, like knowing how to um, talk to people and do the whole Ford thing. Um, and just talk about family, pets, whatever, (laughs) to find that connection or just find that humanity and get someone to kind of open up and start talking to you. Yeah, for sure. And from a sales piece, what do you think the most challenging part? Because I know from a consumer side, it's very different from just a sales perspective. So what do you think the most challenging part is on the B to on the B to B side in the sales realm and and making sure that you know you're able to adjust to yeah. those challenges? Well, I feel like uh, the easy answer for me, the kind of default answer that I'm going to go to with this one is just the COVID um, the COVID objections that are kind of coming right and left. Um, That's definitely been a challenge because when, to me, when a prospect says, oh, um, you know, we're not planning on purchasing any new tools due to COVID, it's like, okay, you know, well, when do you think that will change or why is that due to COVID? Is it due to budget or is it due to, like, what does that really mean? You know, I don't really know what that means when they say that. So and like it's kind of just, you know, has turned out to be it seems like half the time it's just a cop out. But then half the time it's like, oh, they're actually, you know, maybe the company isn't doing well. So um, it's been interesting. Um, Dan Locke, uh, his coronavirus objection uh, video helped me quite a bit. Um, Basically, when someone says, you know, we're not going to be buying due to COVID, just asking them like, okay, um, totally hear you on that. But I'm just curious, you know, when do you think that that will be like, how long do you think the coronavirus will be affecting your business? Because right now, you know, it seems indefinite, but I'm curious what you think. (laughs) And, you know, really get them to try to kind of open up and answer that and kind of keep the door open in some way to a topic that's kind of uh, a mystery to everyone. Yeah, I, I like that. And I love that you uh a fan of Dan mm-hmm. Locke. I mean, his his content, I mean, when we first got into sales, I started out in gym sales. Uh definitely love his stuff. So talk to me about, you know, what as far as your uh meetings, like what's the quota mm-hmm. like for you guys and, and the team and has that been adjusted for uh the setting we are currently in as we continue to go uh, through yeah. the pandemic. Uh, our quota is uh, 12 meetings per month. So um, I can tell you that that's pretty difficult to hit. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I am trying. <laughs> so, um, you know, 
obviously like I've been ramping up so thankfully like my quota hasn't been quite 12 each month so far um but you know it's definitely a challenge um I I'm really curious what it would have been like to kind of start this uh role you know a year ago or two years ago like with a booming economy like that <laughs> like makes me foam at the mouth because I would just love to know um but you know that's not the situation so I'm really just taking it as an opportunity to work harder and more creatively so like it's funny because my boss um he says you know I don't like the phrase um work smarter uh not harder I want you to work smarter and harder and I, I agree with him you know <laughs> like it's like we do have to work smarter and harder um in order to hit um you know quota like 12 meetings a month when um you know there's yep. a really crazy political climate and there's a crazy economy um situation you know so um I'm just really trying to stay focused on the creativity and get those replies yeah, for sure. And no matter what environment you're in, you have mm -hmm. to be consistent. So talk about being able to con be consistent because that's like the keys to the yeah. kingdom, if you will. Um, and no matter what environment, whether it's COVID, whether it's the holidays, mm -hmm. which are coming up, uh, mm -hmm. pandemic or not they are we're about to hit you know thanksgiving and christmas um at the end of at, you know at the end of q4 uh so talk about having a mindset that no matter what environment you're in you want to be at a pace where you're performing at a consistent clip yeah that's a really that's a really good question i think something that helps me is Every day, uh, and this is just something I do on a daily basis that helps me in work, um, but then, you know, helps me on the job as well, is the first thing I do when I wake up, like, I just give uh, gratitude and thanks for waking up and being alive. And it's as simple as that. And as I go throughout my day, I just try to say thank you for everything that's happening. So um, even as I turn on my computer, I'm like, thank you for this computer thank you for electricity, like literally giving gratitude for everything. Um, and even when I get hung up on, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for hanging up on me because that was not the right opportunity for me to pursue. So, um, and then of course, celebrating uh, with gratitude when I really do get a win, um, like booking a meeting, I just totally give so much thanks and jump around and maybe like dance around my uh, home <laughs> office for a while. Um, but I think that, um, when you have a grateful mindset, it's easier to stay focused on work and to hit your daily KPIs and really stay consistent with that workflow. Because I feel like when you're in a gratitude mindset, it's hard to feel, you know, sad or mad about whatever it is, whatever challenges you're facing at work. Yeah, and I love that. And talk about the, elaborate on that, because I feel like there's a balance between getting too high on the winds or also getting too low when you might be in a slump or it may not always be going your way. So talk about the balance between, you know, not getting too mm -hmm. <laughs> high on the highs and too low on the lows. Yeah, with, with the grateful that's mindset. a good question. So I'm still kind of trying to figure that one out. Um, before I got into sales, I definitely heard a lot about um, you know, getting um, burnt out. And I didn't really know what that meant. Like, <laughs> I 
I know what getting burnt out means, but I didn't know what that meant in a sales context. Um, But now that I'm in the SDR role, I'm realizing that, um, you know, like I had these big wins, basically the my first three months, and I'm in my fourth month now. And it's it's definitely um, more challenging. So I'm kind of just still trying to remind myself that, um, you know, I'm still a fresh, new uh, baby SDR. (laughs) And (laughs) I still have so much to learn, like I'm truly in the infancy of my career. So um, I'm trying to be like, kind to myself in that, in that aspect. And then at the same time, um, still shift my my mindset towards being thankful like any time that I feel um, frustrated with like a really bad day I can't get anyone on the phone and or people are shutting me down right and left I just like remind myself that I'm really grateful and lucky to have a job because at the end of the day we are (laughs) I mean there's so many people who are unemployed right now so I feel like that helps bring me back to a good um, you know a good resting place of kind of just feeling good about my life and my work. Yeah, I love that. And talk about the culture. Obviously, in a sales environment, culture is is very important. So if you had to describe the culture at Lead IQ, what would that <laughs> oh, be? This, okay, this why? is my new favorite question. <laughs> um, so Lead IQ is <laughs> like the wackiest coolest place I feel like I've ever worked and it's it's like my first (laughs) like serious job so um that says a lot um but the uh the VP of growth and marketing Ryan O'Hara is like a marketing genius he makes um all these funny videos um with a lot of other people on the team (laughs) and um it before I even you know had started my first day, I already had a a very clear, tangible sense of what the company culture was like. And that's just a really laid back, fun, loving, funny kind of um, jokester kind of environment um, that I really love. Um, And Ryan is about branding yourself. And, um, you know, he says everyone should have a brand and stick to it. And I think our brand is definitely like having fun and having a laugh. Um, Ryan's always doing something more wacky than the next, <laughs> than the next thing. Like um, one of his <laughs> videos is him rapping next to a dumpster, like, and it's like titled "Dumpster Boys." <laughs> like it's wild, but I love it. It's like I really feel like I can I, be uh... myself, and I'm just so grateful. Yeah, I love that. And talk about mm-hmm. the culture within the sales team, well, you know, the culture within the SDRs and the AEs. What's that like and how much collaboration is there not only between the mm-hmm. SDRs but also yeah, the AEs um, as well? So we uh, probably don't interact that much with the AEs, but we are required to sit in on all of the AE, AE handoff meetings, which um, at first I was like, oh, what the heck is this? But then I realized it's actually really great because you're learning so much um, on these AE handoff calls. So, you know, yeah, you know, as an SDR, I'm only doing like a five minute introduction or maybe sometimes one minute introduction and then just kind of hanging out for the rest of the call. But I'm able to see the way that the AE does their discovery and their qualification. And um, 
it's just so valuable. It's such a valuable education um, as an SDR. And then it also helps <laughs> teach me as an SDR how to really um, get better at handing them uh, qualified opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I love that. That's huge. Um, so, so you guys are involved mm -hmm. in the handoff. Uh, talk about like that process. Mm -hmm. What's that like? And, you know, as far as like the feedback from me, the AE's perspective, do you guys get any feedback from there? Like, oh, wow, you know, that person was receptive, uh, you know, mm -hmm. for, uh, on that, yeah, on that um, point at all? Actually, I had one really great AE uh, handoff meeting recently where um, uh, the prospect, the first thing he said was, you know, he had a British accent, so I'm going to do it because I love British accents. He's like, you know, Risa, you're <laughs> yeah. a really good SDR. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, but he's like, I loved your um, your email <laughs> signature video because one of the things Ryan had told us to do was make an email signature video. Um, and I had all kinds of crazy stuff in there. I had like a sound bowl and I was saging my laptop and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, he definitely was already like, <laughs> seemed to be in a kind of jovial mood, uh, because of that. And I feel like that kind of lightened up the mood of the call. Um, so yeah, I've definitely been picking up on things like that, but really I try to kind of follow, um, the, you know, go with the mood and the vibe of the prospect, you know, if they're kind of more playful, I definitely mirror that. But then if they're more um, serious, you know, I definitely want to mirror that as well. But I always, um, me and my EEs always make sure to have our cameras on, um, because Gong just did a study that found that <laughs> there's like a hundred and something percent higher uh, closed win rate when you have your camera on. So yeah <laughs> yeah wow yeah really <laughs> man that's uh that's a lot of deals lost exactly, if, you're, uh, exactly. if you got that cable yep. off man mm -hmm. <laughs> man that's that's oh man i can't imagine that's just uh just hearing yeah. that it's just like oh my gosh if i'm if i'm a uh vp or even manager in sales i'd yeah, I'm gonna be uh, meeting with my team. Exactly. Like, yeah, because you, you know, people want to see you. You're, you know, you're kind of you're selling your your product or your service, but you're also selling yourself still. And um, people don't want to be staring at like you know a blank screen. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I know like the video <laughs> has definitely caught on uh, at a rapid pace totally. because of yep. the virtual experience. <laughs> so talk about the work and home environment um, and how that has, you know, either made the job more difficult or just the, you know, also the ability to to pivot quickly in this ever changing environment yeah. that we are. in. So now. it's funny because I don't really have anything to compare this to because I never worked in an office before, um, yeah. you know. Uh, three months ago. Um, but uh, I do have to say, I think I would have an easier time focusing in an office um, and especially having like that sense of um, community uh, with other reps around you, you know, being able to be like, oh, this person was so cool or, oh man, that was rough. You know, I think that that would be really <laughs> nice to have that. Um, but at the same time, um, being remote, like, 
just affords me all these uh, great conveniences, like having my cat, you know, laying on my lap as I'm working. So I kind of can't really <laughs> complain. Um, yeah. But what I do to stay focused working from home is um, I actually have like a tiny house that I built in my backyard and I was using it as a rental. But um, when everything got locked down, I decided to um, solely use it um, as a home office and being able to walk from my house to my tiny house to work uh, has been really helpful for getting me to focus. Like, okay, I'm at work now. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I think, you know, the living room, the the kitchen, the, the bedroom space can get yeah. a little bit complacent at times and it, it put, can present challenges. So having, if you do have the luxury of having a space away from the house, or home, it's. I mean, it's it's definitely important because you you're separating the the two. Even though they're in close proximity, you're still separating right the home environment from the work right. environment. Yeah. So uh, going into the end of the year, you know, what are you ex- most excited for uh, as far as we push to the end of the year and heading into twenty twenty one. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm really just looking forward to seeing, um, you know, how maybe sales kind of changes a bit, um, as maybe, you know, coronavirus hopefully becomes less of a thing. (laughs) Um, just really looking forward to seeing what the objections (laughs) become after that's no longer an objection. Um, but you know, that could be a long ways away. Uh, but ultimately, I'm really just looking forward to learning even more and growing even more. And I feel like that's a super generic answer. But um, I'm really like, actually shocked at how much I learn on a daily basis with this job. Like it's really a, the type of job that could translate to like, almost any other <laughs> um, profession. And, and I'm just like, so lucky to be learning so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, especially for recent grads now, we're people looking for that next SDR role. I mean, a lot of times sales development is looked mm-hmm. at at an entry level role and something, you know, that is a six month thing or, you know, this eight month entry level role. But it's it shouldn't be looked at like that. And what should new grads or people who are looking for that next potential SDR role think about before entering the sales development um, space? You know, new grads and people that are new to, you know, the SDR role should really think about um, how much they're going to learn in this role and how much it's going to prepare them for the next thing. So to really not be focused on what the next thing is and be focused on the here and now. Um, I think I just read something on LinkedIn, um, some kind of study that was done that found that SDRs um, that stayed in that role Um, for like at least two to three years, maybe even four years, like, like kind of a long time had a way, like it was like some crazy high percentage, higher success rate, um, being an AE. Um, so I think that says a lot, like, it's kind of like, you can also relate it to like, um, you know, relationships and marriage, like people who are together longer before they get married have a lower divorce rate. Like, I feel like that's like the best analogy for um, this kind of 
things. So I think people should really like not be focused on like, okay, where am I? You know, I just want to get in and get out of being an SDR. Like it is a stepping stone, but it's also like a really valuable time to learn. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, I think, you know, it's very, it can be very challenging at times, but it, it's also very rewarding because the SDR role, it's not only the front lines of the sales work, but you mm-hmm. get a bird's eye view of like the whole company because you're, because you're working not only with the sales team, but you're working with customer success at times. You're also working with just so many other departments, marketing and so forth. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely something where, I mean, it's right. the totally. gateway and to, I mean, even to so much more. When I think about my daily workflow, like I'm having fun with it. Like I'm making music videos. I'm writing really kooky emails. Like, <laughs> And I'm like sometimes like cracking myself up. So I have fun with it. And I think that's what people should aim to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. You got to have fun. It's very important to to make the job fun because yeah. if yeah, not it can be can. it can be a challenge. <laughs> um so yeah, talk about just overall what coming into sales development, what do you wish you'd known uh before coming into your now SDR so role I at wish uh, Lead IQ? that I had known that it's not really that complicated. Like, yes, no, really, truly. Like, I feel like people are so intimidated by um, this job and and cold calling people. But when it comes down to it, um, yes, there's, you know, nuances of like different technologies that you're utilizing. There's a million things to learn about outreach, a million things to learn about Salesforce. Those parts of the job are more complicated. But when it comes to, um, you know, reaching out and um, talking to people, there's not, you're, you don't need to overcomplicate it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of just, you don't have to be intimidated by this work. And, um, you know, I'm personally trying to get more women into sales because I know a lot of women that feel like um, intimidated um, or like incapable of doing this type of outreach. But um, I'm super passionate about like, if I can do it, you can do it. Like it's really down to, you know, if you're personable and you like talking to people, like you can be successful in this role. Yeah, I love it. And you talk about the women in tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I work with men and women alike. Uh, there's a female on my team. <laughs> we call her the queen awesome. of the SDR team because she is phenomenal. She is, uh, she is the senior SDR. We also have a female uh, team lead, Amber, and the queen of the SDRs. name is Kayla. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are the rock stars of the SDR team. And then it's pretty amazing. I mean, they're they're really amazing people. They do a great job. Just, I mean, they do a phenomenal job month after month and are right there with the boys. So talk about, you know, being a female in sales and particularly in tech and closing that gap. I feel like a lot of this stuff comes down to um, imposter syndrome. And I, I did a post on imposter syndrome, and it basically is something that affects um, women and minorities um, at a higher rate. And um, it's just something that's uh, in your head. It's like you're 
own little voice inside your head telling you that you <laughs> can't do something or you're you're not going to do as good of a job and it's it's not logical like it's not a rational voice inside your head so um i really try to kind of um you know i have a lot of female colleagues now and i um you know try to mention that when i can if someone is feeling like oh like i don't know if i can do this or i'm struggling today um but really, I'm actually really pleasantly surprised with how um, there hasn't been much friction. Like, I feel very accepted um, in the tech sales community and I feel very welcomed and I don't really feel like I'm treated any differently um, than men. Um, so that's been my experience. And um, I'm really glad that I feel like just a, another teammate and um, fit in pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, and I couldn't say it any better. I mean, my my boss, Ryan Morrill, she is phenomenal. Uh, she is a rock star, and I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean they're they're tremendous people. Mm -hmm. uh, they you know they lead by example. So I think helping out others and and making sure that you know everybody creating that environment, I yeah. think, is very important. It starts at the top. So why do you think some organizations struggle to do that? as far as, you know, having more females yeah, in sales. Um, I'm not tech. really sure if I know the answer to that, but I think that, um, I think that part <laughs> of it is that it just sounds intimidating. Like, I feel like when I heard about tech sales, it just kind of like, to me, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, um, and you know, it, it's kind of a bummer that like, <laughs> I couldn't have just shadowed, you know, like I didn't know to shadow someone, but if I had been able to like shadow someone for a day, like that would have helped, um, you know, quell those kind of concerns. Um, so I actually am mentoring someone right now, one of my, um, female friends who we used to work in the service industry together. And, um, she came over with a mask on and she, like shadowed me for like an hour just so I could kind of show her what the workflow looks like. And she said that that helped more than anything, you know, she's ever done in terms of like, uh, you know, looking for a new career. Um, and I also wanted to mention uh, my mentor, Kate. Um, she's actually known as the cloud security singer. Have you ever heard of her? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so she has videos I on have LinkedIn not, no. and YouTube. I have to check it um, out just look up Kate, the cloud security singer. And um, she started singing and playing guitar about cloud security. And her videos have like over 200,000 views on LinkedIn. It's like crazy. Um, but yeah, she is just, you know, gorgeous, oh, wow. and, um, <laughs> a loving spirit. And she just really kind of used that to her advantage. She's great on the guitar. Um, she has a wonderful voice. So she just, you know, used all that to, um, you know, shoot to the top of her team. And two and a half years later of being an SDR, she's like a director of marketing at a cloud security company. So um, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, I couldn't set it any better than that. I mean, I think, um, you know, females in tech, mm -hmm. it's definitely important to have a diverse group of people mm -hmm. and, you know, cultivate that type of culture. Um, so as far as, you know, the future of sales development, what do you think it's headed and something that, you know, you're excited for as far as just 
you know, your growth, your personal growth as far as the next, you know, 60 days. I know, mm-hmm. is this something that you want to potentially be an AE or yeah, you're still um, in the discovery you know, process I, with to that? To answer the first part of your question, I um, I think that sales development is kind of going in more of um, a video direction. Um, I feel like video messages are more important uh, now, like more than ever, because we're not getting enough face-to-face kind of contact. And um, that's not, you know, face-to-face, but it's like, kind of face to face. Uh, So I think it helps um, get your message across and helps really um, give us give your prospect a sense of who you are and what your what service you're providing um, better than you know, an email does. Um, That being said, um, I'm really enjoying being an SDR. Um, I kind of like feel like I joke around with people that like I could be an SDR forever. (laughs) Like, obviously, that's probably not the (laughs) Yeah, I genuinely enjoy it. So I would like to be an AE eventually because I'm always, um, you know, looking to grow in any way I can. But that being said, I'm really, really um, enjoying my time as an SDR now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's always SDR leadership too. Like yeah, that's true. Being a team lead, being an SDR manager yeah. as well. <laughs> and do you guys, I guess, um, from a standpoint of the video power of social, talk about that, obviously, mm-hmm. because some organizations don't do that. So talk about how do you balance that? Um, I know we've talked on it a little bit, but how do you really focus time? Um, do you put time on your calendar and, and try to say, hey, well, I'm going to, you know, I might be creative here. And make sure it it doesn't take away from yeah. either making calls or sending emails because it you know it can get extra. Yeah, so how so do you how do you organize it throughout the social, day? Social um, touches. I really try to um, well, social touches are mixed into my sequences. So I'm I'm on I like live on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> I really do. Uh, but that being said, <laughs> I. Try to um, block off, and this is going to sound crazy, but like an hour on Sunday evenings um, for LinkedIn, but preparing a post for Monday morning, because what I've found is Monday morning is like the best time to post. Like everyone's like looking for some motivation, um, you know, fresh start to the week. Uh, So I feel like I get the most views, likes, comments when I post on a Monday. Um, So I I try to do, um, you know, spend at least an hour like um creating a really like kind of clever or witty uh post um I feel like if I don't spend that much time writing it out it's not going to sound that interesting and it's not really going to get that much traction um but another thing that um our VP Ryan O'Hara teaches us is not to post a link in the um sorry not to post a link like with your post and post it in the comments instead yeah because um the the linkedin algorithm like will hide your post basically if you have a link included in your post and not in the comments um they don't want you to leave linkedin so basically they're going to hide your post in the algorithm and no one will really get to see it so um that's like my biggest tip um, for social media posting. Wow. That's huge. I, I never knew that because 
you would think uh, right, if you had the right. link in the post, it <laughs> well, would it be would, but it's easier not that way. Did, but so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That... Hey, everything's about um, mm-hmm, you know exactly. making sure yeah. you're you're going to mm-hmm. one platform, right? <laughs> I love that. Um, so, so just talk about um, you know as we close things out. Uh, you talk about the culture being fun and wacky. What is <laughs> what is a fun and wacky That's fact about question. yourself? Um, okay, I've got one. Okay, so my middle name <laughs> is actually legally cookie, like the cookie that you eat. Uh, yeah, and my mom, I don't know, I guess my mom has really? like an interesting sense of humor. It was her idea. Um, and she got my dad to agree to it. So I actually used that, though, that wa- that wacky fact um, in an email recently because um, I had a prospect who had done a post about um, cookies, um, like going away for websites in the future. And so I related it back to my name and then I made a bunch <laughs> of weird cookie jokes, but he loved it and he replied. So. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, with a and is with it a cookie like with is actually it with spelled like a, a cookie that you eat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and that's awesome! Like, did they, what did they? Um, so um, my dad like, did didn't know from? his real first name until he was like seven years old because they always called him by his nickname, um, which was his middle name, which <laughs> really confusing, but. Um, my mom was like, let's give, you know, Risa a middle name that can be like her nickname too. So, you know, my parents call me Cookie. Nice. Hey, that's, hey, that's unique. I don't know many, I don't know many, uh, I love, I should I love put it, it in my, in it. my it's name great. on LinkedIn probably. <laughs> Yeah, you should you should do it in the pronunciation, <laughs> like full name blast. I love it. Yeah, because have you noticed, like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I love LinkedIn is always coming up with ideas. So yeah, definitely, uh-huh. I love that. That's great. <laughs> um, so sweet. Um, yeah. Any any final advice? Um, you know, for those individuals who are looking to get into sales and yeah, you know, what, uh, my, they want to reach out. My what's the best advice way to do would that? be to um, make sure that this is what you want to do and then go all in because if you're doing this half-assed, it's not going to work. <laughs> you have to be all in, um, especially when you're interviewing. People can feel your enthusiasm. They can sense it. So if you're kind of, you know, not even sure what the company does, it's just not going to work. You have to, you know, go to their recent blogs, um, find, you know, what what they're working on and reference that. But, um, you know, even as you're working there, <laughs> read the company blogs and stay excited about your work. And um, that would probably <laughs> be my biggest advice. Sweet. Uh, it was a pleasure having this conversation. A ton of value. But yeah, Risa, I appreciate you taking the time this evening. And yeah, enjoy enjoy your evening. I know you guys are just getting started on the West <laughs> awesome. Coast. So Sounds I'll let good. you go Thanks grab so some dinner. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. <laughs>